Natch Podcast, episode 98. This is a podcast. We cover food news eventually. We, if you like this podcast, we encourage you to whisper in your lover's ear, pontificate about your love of what you just heard quietly, as not to wake them. It's like all about sublimate, sublimate, sublimation, sublimation. How would you say that, Soundhawk? The right way. Which would be? Sublimation. Which I said. Just took me a second to get there. I had, all right. Text this asshole. 303-548-6877. That's correct. Somebody text this asshole. Take the edge off. Hey, somebody text this asshole. His heart's hurting. He needs a text. Lovely song up front from Mullen Gay. Artful Slaps, I believe that was called. Artful Slaps. You'll hear, let me just prepare you. Second half of that song, complete departure from the first. Mm. So you're going to hear something a little different at the end. You got to get to the end of this show to hear it. Yep. Yeah, just like you have to text the Soundhawk to subscribe to our newsletter to get the show notes to look at the pictures that we put in there. And well, if you want to just go to the form and give us your you email, that that's too. fine too. You could do that too. Hey, you know what? Real yep. quick bookkeeping. Websites essentially, well, so we put up that blank page at natch.is. Yeah, I'm going to take that down in a couple days. Two days to be exact. Two days. I think I'll do a little redirect there and just kick it to SoundCloud for a couple of weeks and then it's just gone. That's but that's it. okay. We're a modern company. Yeah, we make podcasts, not websites. That's because the bottom line right there. I've been sp- spending a little time getting us on more platforms. Ooh. You can now find Natch on... Just getting uh, comfortable here. Tune in. Tune in to Natch on. Which, tune if in. I'm not mistaken, I'll have to test this. And if it works, I'll put it on Instagram at some point. You got your little Alexa. You can talk to it. And that's... If it you talk to about podcasts, it goes to tune in to get them. So you may be able to talk to Alexa about Natch very soon. So new directive. You could whisper in whisper Alexa's in ear. ear. If Alexa's your lover, it's the same thing, but you Alexa, can also just... play me a podcast. Well, play me Natch. Which one would you like me to play? The world's Natch. preeminent food news eventually podcast that's the would one. be the correct answer there. And duh, major oversight here. I never put us on Google Play. <laughs> Which I think is the default for Android users. That's Mark Pekosh, bro- oh, get that chief going strategist. Too. I have submitted to that. If CSO. You, if you are an Androider and like that thing, I've never used it. Well, good for you. Uh, we'll be up there, I think, in, in a matter of hours or days. We're both Apple prigs. So you know what? You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Casts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play. Or if you want to grab that RSS feed and do it the old school... Oh, you know what? I better put all those links on SoundCloud too. Shit. Damn. It's tough to keep up with technology. I'm done. It is. It's a lot of work. Moving on. I know about keeping up with technology. Shh. Oh. <clears throat> that was to signal the end of my segment. If you're, I'm sorry. I jumped in a little early. Uh, as a marketing maven. Which you you are. I know a, a lot maven. about the rigors and uh, challenges of, of staying on top of all these different platforms. You do. The onslaught of technology. Screaming this future. Guy, let me just. Taptic engines. Product management. Tuning your grammars. There you go. But let's spend a minute talking about the matriarch of modern marketing mavenry, one Rohan Oza. Whew. Do you know this guy? I know him now. I, I wonder if maybe you knew him because he, no. was, he was working in the food space. Well. He was making big waves in the marketing He's working in the at, celebrity endorsement space. <laughs> but he's, I think he was at Coke originally. But people yeah. didn't like him at Coke because he was, he was rocking working the Working celebrity boat. endorsements, yeah. Well, he was crazy, you know? He's like, who's this? He did the 50 cent vitamin water deal. Well, that was after he left Coke, I think. Or no, then he yeah. went to Glacio. Glacio, yeah. And someone at Coke was like, good luck with that. Well, that is vitamin water. Okay, well, yeah. Went to Glacio. Some buddy of his at Coke was like, good <laughs> luck with Glacio. that. Glacio. Glacio. Like, like G-L-A-S-I-O. Well, I don't know. S-I-O. 
Glacio. What is it, dude? Glaso, glasso, glasso. So neither of us know. Um, French word has accents. It has an X in it. No, it doesn't. Accent aigu. I interrupted. Par for the course. Um, so anyway, why why is he the matriarch of modern marketing mavenry? Because he's taken it to a new level. Celebrity endorsements. It's not like they're just putting their face they're, on the product. They are weaving it into the fabric of their lives, of their Lifestyle of their lives, brands. and of their their own outward marketing. It sounds like you like this. I'm not sure that I like it. I don't like it at all. I mean, it's the future of marketing though. It's, it's okay. I mean, I like the fact that the, by default, the celebrities have to be their partners in the companies making these brands. Mm-hmm. And they're essentially inv- they're early investors in the brands. And so their lifestyle brand of being a celebrity butts up against the brand of that product and they have to align better. You can't just like do a Beyonce 50 million Coke. I'm out. Nope. If you're involved in it, it's got to be a healthier product. It well, ends that's what up I like about being this. a healthier that's product. That's the one thing I like about this. He's He's gone from Coke. It still looks like a ton of hot air. Look at the, I know, I mean, but he's running from Coke. He's moving towards beverages that have far less sugar. And what are those little drops? He's got Justin Timberlake, I think. I thought Justin into Timberlake little, was into the buy. Oh, it's the buy. What's the one's little drops? You put it in the water and it flavors your water oh, just yeah, a teensy yeah, yeah. bit. Those things. Air. Yeah. Mm. But you know what this is symptomatic of, Mark? Shit. Oh, you, now I'm frustrated that I. I mean, if you look, at, if you look detail. at uh, modern publishing, a lot oh, of the revenue is, is coming from these subversive puff pieces that are, you know, parading around as though they were real articles. There's a little bit of differentiation. They'll put a few little stylistic tweaks, maybe a different body font or something, to let anyone who's really pay atten- paying attention know right away that this is not a real article. But it's all about that integration, Mark. And this just takes it a step further. This is about advertising. Like, what, what's every uh, Instagram, Insta-famous fuckhole's dream? <laughs> it's to have some product woven into their little post cycle, making them some money. Yeah, it is that. So it's, you're more attached to it. It's like part of your life. you got to figure out, like, how does this plug into my identity? Dasani drops, but that's not it. Somebody did it before them. Okay, well... I know what you're saying. Fuck, but look at sweet this. leaf drops. <clears throat> you the text that Soundhawk or you go to the Soundcloud sweet page. Stevie uh, drops. Yeah, I'm listening. What? And uh, subscribe to the newsletter. You can see this picture. Or I guess, yeah, you can just find this article in New York I put Times. that in there just for you. Well, yeah, it's him chatting with Dave Asprey. But this picture tells you everything you need to know about Dave Asprey. And can you, can you tell me why that would be? I got, you put this article in the doc. Yep. I saw it. I saw this picture and immediately put the picture in the dock because he's got on the little toe feet shoes. Yeah. And this, this is coming from a man. The, the pants are kind of interesting. They look like they're kind of a tech, either technical rock climbing thing or a... Mm, I think they're designer jeans with the... You know yeah. what's popular now is the... Mo, they're called like moto. It's got like the quilting on the knee. So it looks like yeah, motocross okay. pants. So they're hip. So of course you're going to pair those with... Look at those Jet black shoes. finger shoes. Finger, those little glove shoes. Toe shoes. Vibram whatever. What? Unacceptable. Right. Well, here's the thing. Terrible. This is kind of, look at my feet right now. I'm wearing these hyper-technical Nike Eric Costin Hyperfeel 3 shoes with this weird little sock booty thing. They are gorgeous. They're, they're a little odd. So I, I can't like bag too hard on a dude wearing the glove shoes. And I don't even have a huge problem with the glove shoes. If you wear the glove shoes for running and walking and all that stuff, that's great. But don't wear the damn glove shoes to a meeting with the matriarch of modern marketing mavenry. Well, hey. If you're going to wear, the, wear them to anything, wear them to that meeting. What are you talking really? about? Okay. If you're going to wear them anywhere else, that's, that guy's, I bet you his whole day is full of things like these little toe shoes. 
Probably. But it's here's just the- people coming in trying to like, hey, look at me. I'm wearing toe shoes. Oh, yeah. sign him up. You know I'm idiosyncratic. Sign him up. Who's outside the box? The guy in the toe shoes. Yeah. But here's how I know that Mr. Rohan Oza and I have, a, a sh- we share the Maven DNA here mm. because I know I've complained about a similar thing that, that I'll bring up now here. Please. Uh, Oza yeah. had questions about one product in particular. This is in context. He's talking to Ask Spray. Bulletproof. Fat water. Fat water. Which is basically water that is full of coconut oil fats. Mm-hmm. Mr. Ass Spray extolled fat's health benefits. Then Mr. Oza tactfully noted that drinking fat could be a tough conceptual leap for most consumers. Pretty much we said that on this podcast. Yep, we did. Probably in episode 37 where I just dropped ungodly <laughs> amounts of knowledge. Oh, uh, explore the entire back catalog. But yeah, just, start with 37. 37. Okay. In the end, he suggested that Mr. Ass Spray do something about the taste. The, the next paragraph. Yeah, Mr. what you Mr. didn't Ass, put was Mr. Mr. Ass is kind of like, meh. I think I we're mean, all right. I appreciate him. I know he's a smart guy, but what he's missing is the way it makes you feel. What he's missing is uh, t- total mobility in his shoes. <laughs> yeah. I could my grab, toes, I could hang from a branch by my toes my in these toes fucking things. My toes have never things. been this functional. Oh, do you know God. what I can do with my toes? I don't care what it tastes like. <laughs> Great so, story. Uh, Good for it. It's, it's, you know what? It's, it's. It's a completely superficial story that is actually quite complex. Well, that's because it was in my hands, Mark. I'm bringing the depth. What's not in your hands is, hey, a little bit of fan mail, tweet mail. Love it. Just the tip. Such a favorite. Just the tip? I mean, I think our best and only meme work to date. Yeah. You as Sean Connery, unaware of the grocery store called Average. Classic moment. Classic Every time moment. I feel the presence of just the tip, I giggle a little. Well, he's and, identified and another up. classic moment in our show that I didn't even know happened. See, I did. That's what's funny is he thought I missed it. Oh. I let that one roll past, but good remember. catch. Just I, the I tip. Just, I can't prove that I didn't. Yeah, of course that. you can't prove. Of course, of course I knew. No, I remember you saying that. I remember you being an asshole and uh-huh. being like very insensitive because I was talking about my grandmother having Alzheimer's <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that Were doesn't you? surprise me. I don't, I don't remember that. I just went about this timestamp and listened to this. I think in segment. context, I'd been talking about like how that's a concern for me. And I maybe guess it I runs in your family. So just the tip. Yeah, wait a minute. Oh, I'm trying to sneak another one by. <laughs> Speaking of, at least I know what runs in my family. Adopted man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, what a dig. Sorry, that was a really low blow. That's unexpected. I mean, if you have the total context Adopted. of our back catalog, you know that we've talked about that before. Adopted me. And we've joked about uh, it. I believe at some point you called me the spawn of Donald Trump. Oh, I did. I made that leap. But you decided no. somehow that was appropriate. No, but I just, I mean, you, you've said that you have no interest in knowing who your birth parents are. I respect no, that. not really, yeah. But, I, but the one thing I was kept coming up with I was do like, have interest wouldn't in... you like to know about your DNA? Yeah, some health information would be good, considering I have so many mysterious ailments. Yeah, so you could, you could be more prone to Alzheimer's than me. You don't know. I'm not worried about that one. Okay. All right. <clears throat> this is just the tip. Uh, hit, That's hit, at jtt.org on the Twitter. Yeah, he's hitting me up. He's hitting you up. Oh, excuse me. He's hitting up Natch 9000, which is the... That's where you go. That's where you go. Uh, episode 97, 4220. Oh, yeah. Well, shit. TFW. I know this. I forgot what it is. I, fuck, I know this. Is it too fucking that weird? Feel, that feel when... Oh, good. Oh, that, oh, that, that feel when... Or feeling or feel? Feel. At all my... Kids these days. At all my brush. You're that's me. In. 
sneaks an I'm not surprised dig past at Josh underscore Tyson re Alzheimer's hashtag savage little YouTube clip. It was savage. It was savage. Nice YouTube clip of savagery. Then a follow up. I was wrong. It's at 4252, but it was savage. Pleased with this ongoing role reversal. Now that we might need to explore, but everything else is very clear. Quite a dig. This is one thing that we were talking about this earlier. Every time I say that we need an intern, you laugh at me. But here's one thing an intern can do. I mean, the, the intern's main duty would be to listen to the entire back catalog. So, so who wouldn't love to do that? Yeah, I mean, first? come on, I mean, I'll do that. And you know what? We're going to pay our intern. I don't know. We'll have a bake sale. I don't know, but we'll pay our intern. Uh, I, you know, you got to pay him a little something. We'll pay him what we were going to put on the website. Exactly. They'll get the, the hosting fees. Yeah, that's a couple Here's hundred what the bucks. the intern does, though. The intern listens to the whole back catalog. Here's what they're listening for. What they first need to do is kind of index the various things we talk about in each, oh my God. In each episode. So they get a list of topics. So Who we is can, being all anal now? Well, so we can go to, hey, I'm, talk, I'm marketing maven, dude. I'm talking about how we can p- package our product and sell it and uh-huh. suck all the punk life out of it. Yeah, why do you want to do that? To make it more searchable, to make it SEO slap happy. Yeah. Okay, that's step one. You've always had a little SEO in you. I've never had SEO. See, but I've, I also just kind of want to know, like, at a glance, what we talked about in each episode. Don't tell me you wouldn't like to have that information at your fingertips. You're full of shit. I don't care. What if it was some sort of chart, too? I don't care. Too? You're all about, you want to take the book buddies pot and package it per book? No, it's no, no. a show. Subscribe. Just, just wallow I'm in it. I'm talking about Natch. I'm wallow talking in about, it. say here, you have Natch 1, you have all the things we talked about. And then, but there's common themes that come up and it could be like a visual thing. You can see every time we blip on a certain topic. Come oh. on. That's useful. I mean, that'd be fun. Be useful for when we're talking about past things. We have a, a visual go-to. Right. So yeah. That's one thing. They, they could also use the old uh, docs. Here's another thing. We started those in like the 10s or 20s. That's true. Here's another thing that intern. Here's <laughs> the more important thing that the intern what does. What did we do before we had a doc? Just wing it? <laughs> yeah, we'd always wing it. All right. So when as, when I when I replied to when I replied okay when I replied to just the tip I basically said like yeah but I'm still in the lead in terms of sneaking shit past uh, you I don't know because I'm true. always sneaking digs past you I don't know if that's true because when I listen to the episodes in the bathtub later I'm always like giggling oh god so that's another thing I want the intern to do I want to tally the digs of how many digs <laughs> you sneak past me and how many now digs that's I sneak worth past. It. yes okay. I would like a dig tally you're on board now because I think I would win it and damn it there was a third thing too that the intern could do. Make some t-shirts. I want to make merch. It's time to make merch. Yeah. Maybe an intern I with, found, there's a, site. with maybe, a silk screening background. Well, what we need to do is partner with some designers. Maybe maybe just the tip is our man. <laughs> with all his meme work. I well, know. I mean, I, he's designed a, a logo, we, a we just know, the tip logo. We know we have <clears throat> designers. We have uh, Envelope. We have... Uh, I think it's Envelope. I call him Envelope. We have defect. We already kind of burned him once, though. We he, we asked him to make us some mock logos when we first started as a blog, and he made a bunch. And for some reason, you you were like, oh, oh all this, all this, right. this, this font yeah, from these skaters me. in New Zealand it's or whatever. It's my you fault. Hey, uh. remember I wanted Nat, I wanted Natch to be inside a, a razor blade. <laughs> yeah, you that wanted to amazing. take it. You wanted to continue to take it too far. That's, That's what you always it do. Too far. You know what's going on in my Instagram feed? Every time I open it now into the Natch account. It's nothing but skate videos because you followed like 30 more <laughs> skate people. Stop it. All right. No, what I'm saying is we'll give them love. We'll, we want to, you know, doing some visual Photoshoppy stuff. What are you saying is we want us. some interns and some volunteers. Yeah, all right, I was volunteer. talking about shirts, but that's it's a, right. it's a chance to showcase your, your juice, Defe. Um, 
And where, where's the details, Defe? Oh, yeah. Uh, <coughs> details, I mean, Ears she's, are burning. she's one of the most able, nimble-fingered designers I know. Uh, yeah, I want some, I want some, I want she some She has one of those laser stuff. mice thing, you know, like a mouse with a laser in <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds like toe shoes. <laughs> she doesn't use a touchpad on a laptop. She's got a mouse. No, she's pro. And it glows. It's We're red. pro. Envelope, 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 pro. Oh, envelope. Is Just the tip. I don't know. Is he pro? Fuck yeah, he's pro. What's he doing these days? I don't know. You know what? Uh, oh, Seattle Agency. Yep. Pro. I believe he is a project management maven. Well, it's a good, good compliment to our product management maven rate. There's so much expertise circulating around this podcast. It's an almost interesting dizzy. group. It's an interesting group. It's time to make them some t-shirts. I'm going to look at one of these show places where you like put up a design and you vote on it. And if it gets enough Let votes, hold they make thought. it. Oh. Tell me who's watching. Wait, my mic is not even here. Oh, you better hurry up. We are watching. We're back. Right. We're watching. What happened? We had a call. <clears throat> Nobody knows that. They do now. Did you natch it? I'll throw that in later. You know how I roll. What happened? Uh, we had a call. No. The, okay. So you did the sound cue? I'm always concerned wait, wait, wait. about the... Which sound cue? The we are watching sound cue? That sound cue? <clears throat> yeah. All right. I found this. I was going to read it to you because it just... Struck a nerve. Just found another great heartbreaker here. This is Eric Holthouse giving us a real talk tweet stream. Tweet storm. Tweet storm. Eric it says is stream right here. But he's I, a meteorologist, so it should be a tweet storm. It's a storm, yeah. Oh, he's a climate hawk. Do you want to read the bio? Jesus. Who is Eric? <laughs> uh, he's a meteorologist, a climate hawk. Yeah. Same genus as a sound hawk. Exactly. No Kansas native. Uh, host of At Our Warm Regards, a podcast about the warming planet. So ready? <clears throat> Here's some tweets from Eric. I'm starting my 11th year working on climate change, including the last four in daily journalism. Today, I went to see a counselor about it. One. Yikes. I'm saying this because I know many people feel deep despair about climate, especially post-election. I struggle every day. You are not alone. Two. There are days when I literally can't work. I'll read a story and shut down for rest of the day. Not much helps besides exercise and time. Three. The counselor said, do what you can, which I think is simple and powerful advice. I'm going to start working a lot more on mindfulness. Hey, that's like you. Four. He's scheduling in time for mindfulness. Uh, despair is natural when there's objective evidence of a shared ex existential problem we're not addressing adequately. You feel alone. Five. You feel powerless. You feel like nothing matters. Your relationships suffer. You feel guilty for not doing more. Six. But what the hell am I supposed to do? Write another blog post? Our Secretary of State is the fucking Exxon CEO. Seven. Last year, we lost a huge chunk of the Great Barrier Reef. We are literally ending existence of animals that were here for millions of years. Eight. That's the saddest one. We don't deserve this planet. There are many days when I think it would be better off without us. Cue climate denier trolls. Nine. He's right. We've how, been saying this on the podcast for years. How am I... <laughs> and weren't we smart about the dying of the planet? I'm saying we... No, no, about the... That we don't deserve this planet. That's, that's well, a you theme. Have been, that is a theme for you, especially. How am I supposed to do my job? Literally to chronicle planetary suicide without experiencing deep existential despair myself. Impossible. Ten. Mm. To me, our emotional psychological response is the... The... The aliens just impregnated my head. What? Do you have tinnitus now? I've got like a loud ringing in my head. Oh, shit. <laughs> right then. 
to me, see, are, they don't like you talking about this. I think it's fading. To me, I'll to see me, if it flares up again. To me, our emotional psychological response is the story on climate change. It defines how and if we will solve the problem. Eleven. The number one comment I get is we're fucked. That's not totally true. In order to save the planet, we have to confront this despair. Twelve. Climate despair on its own isn't bad. It's a sign you care. It's just hard to function when you feel weight of the world crashing down. Thirteen. The more I talk about my despair, the more I realize other people feel same thing. That makes me hopeful. We are more powerful than we think. 14. I don't have an answer for where to go from here. That's why I'm in counseling. But part of the answer is don't be afraid to talk. 15. And he's got a podcast, so he's talking. And done. Well, that's a harrowing journey. Well, I I will say, though, you know, uh, Tillerson, Mr. Exxon CEO, Mm. I think during his confirmation hearings, I mean, he's, he's... agreed with the Paris Climate Accord, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I mean, they have a bad history of funding climate change denying... I would think so. ...research and shit. But here's what I think is happening, <laughs> or should happen. If there's any, just... I wanted to have even, a psychological moment with you, but you're going to give me a, a conspiracy theory. No, it's Go not ahead. a conspiracy theory. I'm saying if there's like an inkling of fucking sanity anywhere in this current administration, or this incoming administration, it's that they're... I mean, they're business people, Right. You can't do business if everyone's fucking dead or starving. Well, that has happened in some of business, Unilever and other companies. If you want to make more money, you got to like protect your assets and like we got, doesn't matter if we are more efficient. It's almost more scary. Like the religious quarterly growth, if there's no more quarters, you know, there's a lot of, uh, some of the religious opposition to climate change, seeing like the earth is a temporary home, all that sort of stuff. That is freakier in a way because there's no, you can't talk someone out of that kind of shit. Mm. But if you make a business case. Ah, I thought there were some zingers in here. Like, <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate. No, he's right. There were some zingers. Um, so he acknowledges many people probably feel deep despair about climate, which, which is, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's true, but you don't talk about that because... Uh, there's objective evidence of a shared existential problem we're not addressing adequately. That's like a very true, that's a logical true statement. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is a really big problem that we're not solving. I'm not sure if we're totally fucked though. I think there might be well, some, some technological breakthroughs too on the horizon that could. He comes to that. He has, then he, then he goes off the rails a little bit. <laughs> what the hell am I, I love this. What the hell am I supposed to do? Write another blog post? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what we've come to. That's, hey, that blog post matters. It does. And, uh, oh, we got another we are watching here. Bear, Bear Monsanto. Hey, down. We got time. Not really. We got time. We got kids to get. Let's, let's keep, let's keep going. There's, the shows are never good once you get all rushed. I'll keep I'm an not eye. rushing. You want to keep talking about this guy's tweets? I I'll, think we covered it. I'll keep, I'll keep an eye on the time. You just let that go. All right. Well. I'm on the time. Can we move Have to you the got the sound cue? you're not done? Have you, is there, has been we a sound cue? We don't need, we've done the sound cue. I'm, I'm not going to do it in real time. Is it there? Yeah, sure. Okay. I want it to be there. Yeah, maybe it will be. Bear Monsanto CEO's pitch deal to Trump. Several members of Mr. Trump's... Ag- so that sounds terrible. Bear, Bear, remember, we got Bear and Monsanto getting together. That's Ube, young. Ubel Agro Works. Was that what? That was oh, Syngenta. No, that was Syngenta. Yeah, that was... We could still applies. They um, could call it Bayer Naked GMOs. I think if, as of this taping, recording... The USDA is the last cabinet, the last appointment he hasn't made. And he's got some of Peter Thiel's uh, oh. lackeys oh. all keyed up for FDA and USDA. I think. Oh, good. 
that's even worse. Some libertarians, so, some libertarian tech folk. <laughs> barges, tax-free havens off the coast where you drink teenage blood all day. I think one of the main things that's frightening is one of the two dudes thinks like that the FDA shouldn't be involved in approving drugs, mm-hmm. that they should just throw them out into the market. Which I saw that. that. That's fake news. Is it? I don't think it is. Who knows, man? Quote. Who knows? I think it was a freaking tweet that the guy sent out. First sign of fascism or something, since right? Twitter is now our know. primary source of information about the world. Several members of Mr. Trump's Agricultural Advisory Committee formed to advise Mr. Trump on farm policy during last year's presidential campaign have spoken, spoken out against the merger deals. How about just the merger? and called for the president-elect to block them. Mr. Trump has previously expressed skepticism about mega-mergers. Mega-mergers! Including AT&T's planned purchase of Time Warner, but he hasn't weighed in on the agricultural deals. So hey, silver lining. The I guy doesn't you. like mega-mergers. I told you, there's silver linings here and there. Everywhere. There's silver linings everywhere. I also Silver heard linings today, here and there. Silver linings everywhere. I also heard today that he met with AT and... Oh, maybe it was this one. AT&T and Time Warner, and, and people think he's interested in that one because he wants to stick it to CNN. <laughs> I'm sure it, vengeance plays in, man. It sure does. Some weird, weird times. You know what dude. it is? It's, it's total bullshit. And speaking of bullshit. Oh, yeah, we got some bullshit. I mean, it's not bullshit. It's sage. I think it is bullshit, this one, right? Well, it's about bullshit. Yeah. But a Greg's egg is never bullshit. It's, it's a golden egg. It's not a turd. It's a golden egg. You can't. The Greg Bagney. The, 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 the nuance the of the pun. <laughs> Stuff you probably already know, but needed some goofball to remind you. Okay, let's hit the punchline button right now. Here it is. A great bullshitter always bullshits themselves first. It took me a while, but I finally figured it out, and I should know as I'm a bullshit expert. I was raised by two narcissistic humanoids that were the greatest bullshitters that ever lived. No shit. But that's for another story. Luckily, I changed my ways after spending several decades on this planet bullshitting my way through. Hey, that's what my parents taught me. But I'm glad that's over as bullshitting one's way through life, well, it's quite tiring. But that's another, another story. When great bullshitters are telling you their story, they truly believe what they are telling you, deeply. They could probably pass a polygraph. This is the mark of a master bullshitter. They are great at making up their own truth in their own head. These are the most dangerous bullshitters as they have bought their own Kool-Aid, mixed it up, and drank the whole smiling pitcher in one sitting right in front of you. Come on, we all personally know some great bullshitters. Some of the best, I've referred to as a face man or a face ma'am. Great bullshitting isn't gender specific. It's the face, the visual reinforcement that is also very helpful in selling in their suitable line of bullshit. Quick case of tangentitis. I once had a sidewalk panhandler reach out to me with a porcelain mug shaped like a toilet and say, Sir, if I laid a suitable line of bullshit on you today, could you find it in your heart to give me a dollar? I spared him the storytelling and offered up a buck or two for his refreshing transparency. Anyway, there's research out there about how master status bullshitter humanoids take advantage by leveraging their brains and memories when retelling a story. By circumventing key neurons that conveniently leave out key elements, further cementing their own truth in the mind of the bullshitty 
of whom they have their attention. Special thanks to the hardwired humanoid survival caveman instincts that make this shit happen. Fact, no matter how smart you think you are, only a very small minority of humanoids, less than 5%, seem to have some special ability to smell the bullshit on a regular basis. Even pro-bullshit spotters like judges and custom agents, when tested, are at a level not much better than chance. Okay, it's moral of the WTF story time. Guess what? There's no moral to this WTF story. Maybe the moral is for all of us to reduce our bullshit, lower the volume and frequency of our own personal bullshit emissions. At this stage of my life, I've been trying to reduce my own personal level. It seems other humanoids appreciate it, and I don't have to remember who and where I laid all this bullshit down. Ah, yes. A world with less bullshit would definitely be a much better place. Ack, ack. Well, that was a marathon egg. And I agree that a world with less bullshit would be fantastic. That was emphatic but, uh, at the end. Ack, ack. But, I mean, are we headed into a world with more or less bullshit well, right at this moment? That's what I'm thinking the whole time. We got bullshit overload but He's i like his happy i like his breakdown of the mind of the bullshitter and how you can wire your brain for bullshit yeah i mean kellyanne conway's got a front row seat to this shit Ugh, jesus uh but you know hey greg once told me he was i hope i'm not speaking out of turn raised by wolves awesome. wolves narcissists. none of my business but what but the thing is he also Greg uh, has hinted. He was peddled a life of bullshit, but, lived I, but he's it also for hinted at at least Look two at the upcoming episodes. It seems like Greg is taking a turn. He's becoming more of a memoirist, perhaps. Maybe future eggs will be. What a, what a delight it a would be. Pivot, to, pardon the expression, from business news. Pivot on this for a while, you From business thought leadership to. Uh, I'll give you a quick case of tangenitis. Greg, you're a master, <laughs> dude. I just can't wait to see where you're taking us next. I would love for Natch to be a piece of his memoiring. I'm just glad that we get a piece of Greg every week. Thankful for Greg. Or, well, every now and again. Fucking highlight of everything. Keeping us sane. Especially because A.A. Gill gave us his final column from Gourmet Traveler. Yeah. That's another blow. Interesting pull quotes that you selected. Well, I mean. I, well no. I, so I, I found it via a tweet from Anthony Bourdain. Oh, period, shit, period, destroyed by this. Period. Period. And I, then I read the story. And it's hard. I mean, it, of course, it's beautifully written. Yeah. Of course, it's lyrical and thoughtful. And of course, it has a few words that you need to look up. Of course, it's devastating. The whole premise of the article being, oh, it's I should be in Australia right now, but I'm not because I'm racked with cancer. I'm stuck in Scotland dying. And I'm very candid about this, but artful as well. And then I thought, well, look. He talks about... Uh, let's talk about this tradition that his daughter, like, it's a flag in the sand for him and his daughter. What was her name? Fiona? Fiona. Fiona. There has been one particular dish in my Christmas, one thing we always have. I have to make it. It isn't cultural cultural or regional. It's personal. It's for my daughter. Flora. Oh, Flora. Flora insists on it. For her, it is the seal on the year, the oh. promise of the next. I boil oh. a ham, and with the stock, I make potato soup with earthy... I got to look... Farinaceous potatoes. Farinaceous potatoes. And yeah, so, what the hell is that? <laughs> but this is, this is classic A.A. Gill. You got farinaceous potatoes, some bland onions, that, the, the balance right there. A little sweet carrot, bay, thyme, nutmeg. And then I take three French goose livers and saute them in red currants and port and press them into a tureen that sits in a ceramic sarcophagus for two days. On Boxing Day, the soup is warm, the foie gras is carefully sliced, 
and great, unctuous, generous marbled slabs are leached into the soup like calving meat bergs. <laughs> that might be a little bit much, but yeah. Hey, Something else. He's the one guy. He always gets the easy Icarus pass because... What a dish. Fucking genius. What a wonderful thing to have a tradition with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Of, and to highlight that in the last article you're going to leave to the earth. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's a loss. I'm coming to understand the loss of this. Not unlike... No, not anything like you, because you know quite well who this figure is and the role he's played in our lives. And I think you're reading a book about him, right? I am. Uh, you'll hear. You'll hear more about <laughs> I'm it. Set you up, dude. No, I saw what you were doing. I was just. Well, I was marveling at the the freewheeling nature of how that came together. I'll, I'll discuss this at more length in uh, the next installment of Book Buddies. Oh, please a check podcast, that out. Uh, a book group for people. Yep. Only people Only should people. be listening to that. But book at club. the library, I found "Poor Me, Comma a Life." P O U R, not poor, poor me. You know, poor me a life because it's a memoir of A.E. Gill's time as a raging alcoholic. It covers a few years, I believe, uh, from when he enters art school. Autobiography. Eventually written. settling at, I believe, Strand is the name of the art school? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I don't think that's right. Strand? Might be right. I think it is right. Strand's um, a bookstore in New York City. But it's, uh, I mean, this dude, whoa, Mike, come back. This dude. Uh, don't touch the mic. I'm trying to get it centered here. Oh, look, here's a quote. This dude, oh, this is this dude, like, did some drinking. Did he? Slade. Sorry, Slade was the art school. There, that's, of course. Of course. I mean, this book is jam-packed full Should of it be our next book club? Gems. No. Nuggets. Nah. You won't, you, it's too much for you. I can't, yeah, too much debauchery too in the much current intellect. book. Um, oh, too much. I'm a Williams man. I know. Okay, but the, I, I, I centered on this quote. Please took a do. photo of it, because he is talking about... The art of, about drawing, about learning to draw. Uh, actually, if you look, go ahead and have a look. And that's important. That's an important point to make because that is going to come up in the second half of the show for food news eventually. One of the stories there. Yeah. Look. Are you teasing me with the book? Look. Look at the uh, in the inside back jacket. Look at. He doesn't have an author's photo. He has a sketch that oh, I'm sure oh, he did of himself. Look at that. I love it. Listen to this though. Uh, you're sure because it says self-portrait by the author. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> The first mark is invariably the purest. Yes. Everything after that is a compromise. Yes. There is no such thing as a successful drawing. Mm. There are, they are all, or they are always qualified defeats. Yes. Now this word, he uses this word a lot and I'm not, I don't even know what it means. You don't know what Pyrrhic means? Pyrrhic. Huh. It's like a, a Pyrrhic victory. If, uh, so look it up and tell fu- us. Uh, it, not, I don't need to look this one up. Feudal. Like, you probably learned this in your you first won, year you, at Williams. You won, I did. You won, but it came at too great a cost. Ah, robbing Peter to pay Paul. Well, kind of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> God. The Pyrrhic victory. The Pyrrhic victory. You won, but you kind of lost. A cost. You kind of lost. The Pyrrhic victory is in how close you managed to stay to the promise of the first tick it is a brutally depressing lesson that has to be learned and accepted all at once, like a slap. Like a slap. There you go. Just chock full of insight. That's a, what a, a guy. very good book. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about him. Quite a writer. He uses the word <sighs> Pyrrhic a lot, though, probably three times. You know, what else, you know what other word he uses a lot? And I used it in a tweet. Farinaceous. In the, in the tweet battle between you and I in response to just the tips tweet about you d- taking a dig at me. Savage. I call, savage you, I call you a prig. Yeah. Oh, 
tough one. <laughs> well, no, but he goes off in that book. He talks about how he talks about this friend that he had. I forget his friend's name, like Andrew or something. This this art student who was just completely unhinged, mm. just constantly living Sid? in the moment. Oh, Tom. He was very much like of the please kill me ilk. Like he just was completely in the moment. Um, didn't really give a shit about much. And I think A.A. Gill kind of Adrian. I think he kind of uh, oh, so liked that, but could never adhere to it because he was a prig. He said he was priggish and he actually found kind of solace in his priggishness because there's like a safety in that sort of uh, distancing of yourself from mm. the chaos, Mark. No. I'm kind of listening. I'm kind of losing my train of thought. So, well, we got to get going because it's. Is it interlude time? Well, it's, it's interlude time and then food news eventually. We only have two, but that's the meat of, of the time. dish. Okay. Well, let me oh, t- we got. T- you're so rushed. You got shit to do, man. Hey, man, even, even in. Okay, the, let me tell you about even this. Even in the chaos, you need to take a breath. Stop. Take a deep Who are breath you, with me. me. You're going to you're gonna count. You're trying to do what I do to you're you. You're going to count seven in. You're no, going to hold for four and count eight out. No, that we don't have time for. We have an interlude, though. I want you to listen and not make some big show of your breathing, please. <clears throat> the Greatest View is the song. Okay. Uh, Porcelain Raft is the it. band. Oh, I'm excited. Album comes out, I think, next week, Microclimate. Ooh. So that kind of fits into some of our discussions Eric about Coldhouse. climate things. Let me read a you a quote, uh, a quote about the album from the artist here. To me, the album starts with nature, but it goes to the place that I always go, to the vivid dreams I have. Maro Ramidi says, that's his name, Maro Ramidi. I've always lived in cities where everything is made by humans to isolate yourself from nature, which is a dangerous thing. The feeling I had in Barbados and Big Sur and certain parts of Bali when I went to these places for the first time at 44, Mm. I felt like I was part of them. After always looking at nature... From the distance, I was finally I think connecting that's why with it. It's a 44-year-old. Took him a while. Makes old gay feel young at heart. He does. Old gay is feeling quite spry. I'm excited. Let's hear it, and we'll be back with food news. This is a good song. You're going to like <laughs> I it. I love how... Oh, 
light. Wasn't that nice? I thought it was going to be super pop. It was pretty poppy. <clears throat> it was plaintive, though, right? Yeah, there was something that was searching and beautiful. It did feel like it was made of porcelain and perhaps floating on water. Wouldn't you say? I would. Good. Uh, food news eventually portion of the podcast. Idiot. Did you just call me an idiot? No. You fucking dick. <laughs> so you think you can sneak some dig past me? <laughs> I do intern, have future intern, if you're listening, that one doesn't count. If I catch the dig, it's a no-go. Well, go. we could tally the ca- caught digs and uncaught Fuck digs. Fuck the caught digs. Okay. The caught dig is a failure. It's the first it's tick that emotion. matters. According to Richard Hell, That's you. Lavender. All right, Verlaine, what do you got for us? All right. How to become a super ager. Lisa Feldman Barrett, New York Times. Brain health. Mm. I don't really think this... this there's a food angle on brain health, but it's not here. Hey, we just ate a whole big bowl of walnuts. That's brain food. That's brain food. Why do some older people remain mentally nimble while others decline? I don't know. Superagers, a term coined by the neurologist Marcel Mesulam, are those whose memory and attention isn't merely above average for their age, but is actually on par with healthy, active 25-year-olds. Mm. This is so important, given the debate <clears throat> we're having about you and your Alzheimer's. I think I'm dodging that bullet. My colleagues and I at Massachusetts General Hospital recently studied superagers to understand what made them tick. And that's the article we're going to now dissect. I haven't used deodorant with aluminum in it for probably 20 years, 23 years. You're fine, man. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm eating walnuts. Because that is, the article says that. It's pretty much <laughs> aluminum and deodorant. That's use about tea it. Tea tree oil deodorant. I don't use deodorant. I can smell it from here. <laughs> It only matters if I haven't swam. The chlorine takes care of so much. Nearly all of the action they found in in these super-ager subjects uh, was in emotional regions of the brain, such as the mid-cingulate cortex, which I know you're a fan of, and the anterior insula, which I'm a big fan of. But I want to make a point here that this is sort of operating on an old model of a triune brain, that there's this, like it was sedimentary rock. You didn't read this, right? So like, no. here's this old reptilian brain that you know how to breathe. Is that the Richard Hell brain? And on top, you learned how like, oh, we're more than it. Yeah, it's the Richard Hell brain. We're more emotion. We're more animals. We're more, oh, that's we have Richard emotions. You lay that on and then there's a logical, like we're actually sophisticated. That's the Verlaine I think, brain. I think I got those right. But uh, neuroscientists have realized that that's a bunch of fucking bullshit. The brain re- reforms itself all the time through evolution, et cetera. So, big question is, how do you become a superager? Which activities, if any, will increase your chances of remaining mentally sharp in old age? We're still studying this question. What I've been saying at the moment is, work hard at something. Many labs have observed that these critical brain regions increase in activity when people perform difficult tasks, whether the effort is physical or mental, like speaking. Or like hopping on one foot while rubbing your belly. You can therefore help keep these regions thick and healthy through vigorous exercise and bouts of strenuous mental effort. The author's father-in-law, for example, hey, swims every day and plays tournament bridge. See? Swimmer, right here. Not every day. A lot of days. You couldn't even fake your way through a game of bridge. <laughs> so what, what this tells you is that Sudoku... It tells me that we're in good shape. Because look at this. You're swimming. I'm doing yoga. Yeah. I've played Exploding Kittens, a card game with my kids just... Uh, Not enough. I'm playing uh, Rummy, playing lots of card games, but I'm also 
Making three fucking podcasts a week. Well, that's something. Reading a bunch of books, reading a bunch of damn articles. You got doing it. Doing the tarot. So following the NFL. Doing the tarot helps. Alzheimer's be damned. Sudoku, your little brain games and brain oh, websites. Those don't do it. It's not hard enough. Because in the United States, quote, we are obsessed with happiness. Yeah, but as people are. get older, research shows they cultivate happiness by avoiding unpleasant situations. Mm. You got to dive into that shit. This is something, sometimes a good idea. A rude neighbor. Whatever. But if people consistently sidestep the discomfort of mental effort or physical exertion, this restraint can be detrimental, detrimental to the brain. All brain tissue gets thinner from disuse. If you don't use it, you lose it. You got to, you got to like... In your 40s, learn a foreign language. Yeah, play that trumpet. You are not playing that trumpet right now, it are you? It says learn an instrument. Well, keep trying. The, no, but I had this out here with not even knowing this would come up. Look at this. You want to hear a C major scale? I'm getting back into horn, dude. Let's hear it. I'm relearning my scales. Here's C major. Let's hear it. Away from the mic, dude. Look, dude, it's not even close. That's close. What? That's not that close. Yeah, it's super C major scale. Are you going to learn how to read music through this? I already know how to read music. It's been a while. You and me both, buddy. But look at that. I didn't know, trumpet again. I didn't know you could read music. If you can read music and I can read music, well, that's not New Age music. Dad has a whole new life. I mean, I'd prefer to just play by ear, but I know... Because it's the easier. Notes are. You're cultivating happiness in the wrong I was ways. first chair trumpet throughout uh, seventh grade and eighth grade. And then I got fucking braces. That is. Oh. I couldn't play anymore. Really? It was so hard to play with braces. Oh, that's sad. That sucks a- up your embouchure. The embouchure. I didn't know you were a serious trumpetist. I was pretty serious, dude. A serious horn player? There's a little horn on the back end of uh, Artful Slaps. So oh, can't wait for that. Brace yourself for that. All right, hot stuff. You got one left. All right, now brace yourself for death, sex, and dinner parties. Salvador Dali's Surrealist Cookbook. Ooh. This article's from The All by Hope Estrella Whitmore. Quite a name. In 1941. Oh, damn it. <laughs> ah, I was going to include some audio in here. We should pause for a sec. All right, so Dolly throws this dinner party uh, in 1941. Take me there. In the Hotel de Monte, California, to raise money for European artists fleeing the Nazis. He served live frogs to Bob Hope and gave him fish in a stiletto heel while his wife, Gala, fed Babu his ocelot, something resembling vodka. So check it out. This is audio from this weird, like, newsreel footage covering the event. Mr. Salvador Dali gives a party. The Spanish painter of surrealism dresses Mrs. Dali in a unicorn's head, just to start things off. As hostess, she presides from a red velvet bed. The party is a benefit for refugee artists, and costumes are supposed to represent the guest's bad dream. Guess what? Artist Dali wears ear flaps, representing anatomy. A puzzled guest, Bob Hope, sees the fish course served in satin slippers. Presumably, the fish is soul. Soldier Jackie Coogan and the still-baffled Mr. Hope see the main course. The party is surrealism, but them frogs is real. It's like a young Jimmy Cagney on the scene. Yeah, see, the, uh, the party's surrealism, see, but uh, them, them frogs, them frogs is, real. is real. Come on. Come on, there was so many great puns. I got to watch you react to the soul joke. That one took you yeah, a minute. That was dumb. 
but it was a, a wonderful artifact you discovered. But how crazy that Sar- Salvador Dali, such an obscure or not, a, just like an extreme and bizarre artist, was just part of the zeitgeist. You know? Yeah, sure. Send a, oh, send, I see. Send a send a camera crew. Let's get some newsreel footage That's, of this weird dinner party. Things were allowed to be weird back then. I know. Not anymore. Had an so, idea. What? What's your idea? I was listening to your favorite podcast, Mark Marin, with Roger Corman. When is that one on? Is that this week? It's the newest one, I think. Oh, yeah. I love Roger Corman. Oh, yeah. So Have you seen Death Race 2000? Pioneer of all these low-budget, mid-budget films. Talk about, they briefly talk about it, the way cinema has changed in the movie business now, and you can only get in any sort of major distribution these big blockbuster movies with hundreds of millions of dollars budget. And they talk about everything else going direct to DVD in the back in the day, and now nobody even knows where, probably streaming. Yeah. Straight to Netflix. Straight to Netflix. We should curate a website that's just like the cool shit you want to watch that you can't find in a theater that went straight to Netflix. A website or a podcast? podcast. Um, so the base, the basis of this article is uh, Hope gets this, uh, this they, it's Toshin. Toshin Books has reissued this. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, it's like a book by Dolly <laughs> on how to throw a dinner party. Toshin Books has reissued it's like a book. <laughs> well, could have been something else. Could have been a pamphlet. Okay. But it's a big book. Um, oh, a big book. While the book does not tell us the stories of Dolly's own dinners, the images are left to speak for themselves. We learn mm. much of his about his attitudes toward oh, food. Tell me that. Odd and very tied up with sex, unsurprisingly, and the restaurants he admired. Okay. When introducing the media section of the book, Dolly wrote, quote, The specter of death creates supreme delights, salivary expectations, and this is why the greatest of gastronomical refinements consists in eating cooked and living beings. <laughs> Big meat eater. I guess so. For Dolly, the connection between food and death was a beautiful thing. He saw the deaths of the animals he ate as a stage in the journey to his own. Oh, well, that's the- Mind he cites uh, 16th century apothecary Theophastus, Theos- Bom- Theophastus. Theophastus Bombastus Paracles, who was reportedly the inspiration for Faust, who said that, di- this is good, digestion was a combustion leading to death. So digesting food is just an explosion on the road to dying. That's why you ought to fast. Deep. Don't use your body so much. So here's an example of, of one of the kind of... Uh, uh, meal dis- or dish descriptions, I guess you'd say. The crayfish of Paracelsus of, of Paracelsus Paracelsus has to be served along with the heads or torsos of small, hot, bloodied martyrs as an as an homage to Gilles de Rey, whose most delightful ejaculations were what? brought about by gazing at the dying faces of his smooth cheek and innocent, beheaded little ones. The virginal purity of whom could only have been compared to that of his former comrade at arms, the maid of Orleans, Joan of Arc. So he's talking about, he's paying tribute to a serial killer who killed kids. Yeah. This dude's weird. <laughs> but listen, listen to what she has to say about that, about that particular track. This I think I've read about that guy. Stumbling across it in the introduction to a chapter felt like tripping over a fake but lifelike corpse at a party. Not really funny and sick enough to make you regard your host with caution. Yeah. And regard him with caution you should because it's a bunch of disgusting meals. Um, not a sh- In homage to sick people. And a lot of them are like, one of them requires like a veterinary syringe to inject something. She couldn't find that. So she ends up making like. Oh, she re- replicates them. Uh, she makes like this 
pie with a big leak coming out of it. The leak is cut to ribbons, so it kind of looks like an anus. Ah. That happens. Because <laughs> most ani are cut to ribbons. Well, no, like the, the leak, the leak is sphincter. coming out of the pie a like, like a tower, but then you start cutting it into ribbons, and then they, they fall open, and if you look down upon them, it looks like the little creases in a pucker. See what I'm saying? Natch 98. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, then I was reading about Dolly's dick, man. Crease and a pucker. He was kind of a dick. He, he, uh, a crease and a pucker. He got kind of like, he lost mobility when he got older and his wife would like cheat on him or fuck around with him and, or something. And he like lost his shit. And even though he was compromised, he like beat that. He like beat her. So that was sad. And then, uh, when she died, he wanted to save terrible money. story to end the podcast, he wanted to save money or something. And so he just like had, had these, had his guards or whatever, carry her corpse down to the car and, and prop it up against a nurse so he could drive her to the crematorium and it looked like she was still alive. He didn't want to maybe pay hearse fees. Um, so that was another thing. And then... Uh, Great. He was laying in bed once and there was a short. He had a, a buzzer that he could hit to call a servant and he it, it shorted out and it, his bed caught fire. And he got like third or second degree burns all over his arms and legs and his groin, um, which was tough for him because he was a chronic masturbator. Some people thought that was the only way he could achieve uh, any sort of orgasm or sexual pleasure was just by masturbating. Isn't that interesting? And he was he was older when he met his wife, and some think he might have been a virgin. But anyway, he's all burned to a crisp, and so then he's like in complete hospice care for the last few years of his life, and he's just a total asshole. He like claws at his nurses and like scratches their faces. And Hell of a painter, though, right? Natch 98, uh... If you're still with us, whisper in your lover's ear. You text the Soundhawk. I'd say please come back, but I don't know. What do you mean? Why wouldn't you come back? I'm going to come back. Oh, I'll be back. I'm going to text the Soundhawk, but I'm already on the newsletter list because I know what's what. Come back for 99.